I'm Jason Ariola, and this is Rock Out with Your Card Out. been a while since I've had to do one of these by myself, but uh, we ran into a little bit of an issue where we had something lined up and kind of fell through. If you subscribe to our Patreon feed and get our bonus episodes, you will know what that was at the end of that episode, but uh, yeah. Uh, right now, we'll just go ahead and move on and just call it from there. So, I'm going to be by myself today just because we sort of had to call this audible at the very last minute. I got a show together. Dominic really didn't have time to get notes together on top of notes for something else we're trying to get done here. So, I figured I would just kind of handle this one by myself. So, what I'm going to be talking about this week is the first year of the Game Boy. The games I'm going to be covering today are games that couldn't really warrant a full episode, but I wanted to throw out there somehow. This again, wasn't originally what we were planning on doing for this episode, but I'm happy I had the chance to check out some of these things for the show, as I don't know I would have bothered looking into a couple of them if the need for this episode hadn't popped up. If you've looked ahead in the track list, you might think to yourself, Jason, there's a rather glaring omission here that came out very early in the Game Boy's life. If you're thinking that, don't worry, I know what you're thinking, and I know that game, and that's a game we'll be covering further down the line, there's just something else to do with it that I wanted to go ahead and cover. So, Let's go ahead and we're going to move on to what we're actually going to be playing today. So the first game we're going to cover is Solar Striker. Uh, that game was a vertical shoot 'em up basically for the... It came out pretty early on in the Game Boy's life. And that game's composer was... Oh boy, I should have tried to suss this out before I looked at it. Uh, Tauru Osada. Let's just call him Osada and kind of rock with that. Anyway... Aside from Solar Striker, Osada's only other credits are for the music direction on Maizeni Koku Kanketsuhen, uh, an MSX game, as staff on Kicks, and music and sound effects on Mega Man Dr. Wily's Revenge. Other than that, he may have done some other work for the company he worked for, uh, Minikuchi Engineering, but nothing that's been credited to him. So, let's go ahead and let's kick off the first thing we're going to be listening to with Solar Striker, and that is the introduction track.
The intro is a quick, catchy little thing. Uh, there's nothing really much to it, but there's this higher note in the background that I think keeps things a little bit more interesting. It's a good build-up track, but, well, that's all it really turns out to be, so you can't really fault it for being any less than that, I suppose. Anyway, uh, let's go ahead and let's move on to Stage 1 and Stage 2. This is one that's been ingrained in my head since I first got it. It's got a good rhythm to it and moves really well. Baseline is fairly farty, but I'm willing to cut it some slack. Again, not much to it, but I think it flows really nicely and it's probably the standout for this game. It's one of those ones that, because I played Solar Striker quite a bit when it came out, because I was sort of an early adopter of the Game Boy, and this is one of the ones my grandma ended up picking up for me, I played through these first two stages a lot because Solar Striker is not a terribly difficult game, but it's also not ridiculously easy or anything so it was just a matter of like pattern memorization and stuff like that and you know with these type of games you kind of just get into the groove of that and you go through hearing these things a lot as you you know keep plunking your way at the deeper stages and not really succeeding so anyway let's go ahead and let's move on to stage three Thank you. 
I like the slower pace to this one. It's got a bit more of a measured feel to it. The bass line is pretty good, and the lead sound is a little too strong, though. It reeks a little too much of early video game sound, though. I think it was a hair quieter, it wouldn't have bothered me quite as much. So, yeah, other than that, uh, that'll kind of wrap up the section here on Solar Striker. So, you know, there's a little bit more of the soundtrack to go through if you really wanted it to, but ultimately I think these are the standout tracks. So let's go ahead and let's move on to the next game we're going to be talking about, and that is Motocross Maniacs. Uh, the composers on this one, I couldn't find the track that we're going to be covering who specifically composed that one, uh, but the <laughs> composers... Uh, for this game are, uh, let's say, two people of note. Uh, we have Michiru Yamane and Tsuyoshi Sekito. Uh, Michiru Yamane probably doesn't need much of an introduction. Uh, she was the composer for the Castlevania Symphony of the Night soundtrack. She's easily best known for her work on the Castlevania series, and these days uh, she's a bit of a freelance composer with far too many credits to list off. Tsuyoshi Sekito was part of Konami's sound team from 1989 until 1995. He left Konami to work at Squaresoft. Uh, his first work over there was Brave Fencer Musashi, and then in 2002, he was one of the two founding members of the Black Mages, best known for being the rock band that covers Final Fantasy music. The band often gets attributed to being Nobui Uematsu's band, but Sekito, along with Kenichiro Fukui, Fukui? Fukui. Let's go with Fukui. Uh, or the ones who approached Uematsu to join. Sekito remains with both Square Enix and the Black Mages to this day. So, yeah. Uh, anyway, let's go ahead and listen to Course 1 and Course 5 from Motocross Maniacs. <laughs> course one and five from motocross maniacs and i think it's a fun little track with a bit of a weird baseline question mark to it uh the lead is peppy and does 
something a little bit different after about a minute in to keep it interesting. It's a simple piece and something I wanted to highlight uh, because just the different variety of sounds that the Game Boy is capable of producing. So that's going to be the only one we actually cover for Motocross Maniacs. So the next game we're going to be moving on to is Super Mario Land. And the composer for Super Mario Land was actually uh, Hirokuza Hip Tanaka. So yeah. Anyway, uh, Hip Tanaka is another guy that needs little to no introduction. Uh, he's been in the business for going on 40 years now. He's considered one of the pioneers of chiptune music and started with Nintendo back in 1980. His work in Metroid is really what hit home for me. Um, kind of amazing me with how atmospheric it was. He would eventually go on to help design the Game Boy, nearly ensuring its sound production being on par with the NES. He had a lot more to do with the sound design for it than anything, kind of ensuring that... Uh, the Game Boy was capable of producing stereo sound, whereas the NES was only producing sound in mono. So, kind of took the technical limitations of the Game Boy because you know they tried to do this thing on a uh, you know shoestring budget basically to keep the price down um, and just make sure the sound quality was good. And yeah, that was also kind of cool that the Game Boy, I think, up through a good chunk of its life, uh, actually came with the first pair of earbuds I've ever seen. So yeah. Anyway, uh, that will do with that little introduction there. So let's go ahead and let's kick things off with the overworld theme from Super Mario Land. love how this one does a head fake, uh, making you think it's going to be the ground theme from Super Mario Brothers, and then goes in a completely different direction, really kind of setting the tone for the game itself, making you sure you know right out of the gate that things aren't the same as the console entries. It's a peppy little piece of Mario music that, while simple, is another one that's just kind of easy to listen to. Anyway, let's go ahead and let's move on to the second track, and that is going to be the Muda Kingdom. Muda? Muda? I don't know. M-U-D-A. You tell me how that's pronounced. Thank you. 
Alright, again, that was Muda Kingdom, and this is probably one of my favorite tracks in the early Game Boy library. It's definitely different sounding than most Mario tracks. It's sort of laid back, and it's just kind of a track you can chill out to. I also think this is one of the few tracks we're covering that I think makes good use of the Game Boy's hardware. None of the higher notes peak, and the low stuff doesn't sound farty. It's not the most complex of tracks, but what's there is a good indicator of what the Game Boy can do when in the hands of someone who knows what they're doing with it. And, you know, again, that was Hip Tanaka, who uh, clearly had something to do with the making of the chip, so he would, um, you know, probably be pretty good at making music on it. Anyway, uh, let's go ahead and let's move on to the ending theme for Super Mario Land. So the ending theme kind of starts off way too high-pitched, almost painfully so. Uh, once we get past the high notes 28 seconds in, this is another one of those incredibly strong tracks that's simple, but it's just a well-composed piece that's a great listen. God, if only the first 28 seconds weren't a part of that. Anyway, let's go ahead and let's move on to the next game we're going to be covering, and that is Burai Fighter Deluxe. The composer on that was Norio Nakagata, and Nakagata is someone I had no familiarity with prior to this. He's got a smaller list of credits that seems to end in 1996, though he's credited with something on the 1998 Game Boy Color game Space Marauder. I didn't really get a chance to dig into any of his other work, so I don't know how this compares with any of that, but I do know that the stuff on Bri Fighter Deluxe is pretty solid, with these being my favorites. So let's go ahead and let's kick off with the intro, which is a very short track, so we're going to blend that right into Stage 1 and Stage 4.
so the intro leads into the stage one and four theme really well. Uh, the buildup at the beginning really starts things off pretty well. What really gets me on this one, though, starts about 20 seconds in. From there, it's all heroic-sounding stuff. Much like everything else we've listened to so far, it's a little short, but I think what's there is really top-notch Game Boy sound. It just sounds so, like, clean, I think is the best way I can describe it. And that's a, kind of a common thing with a lot of the stuff I've noticed now as I've listened to the Game Boy tracks that I'm covering is a lot of them have a very clean sound to them where some of the other stuff that might be a little bit more, let's say, interesting at times is a little bit more harsh, either on the low end of the scale or on the high end of the scale. You know, kind of getting into that, I've mentioned multiple times where a note gets too high on certain hardware and it sort of like bothers my spine a little bit and Dominic's kind of got the same issue with like notes that are a little bit too low basically and I'm thinking that would probably affect him here too but uh, all in all I think uh, the these two things on Bri Fighter Deluxe came up pretty well and I'm pretty happy with them so let us go ahead and we're going to move on to the next game and that is Wizards and Warriors X or 10 I think it's X but anyway uh, Wizards and Warriors X Fortress of Fear the composer for that is David Wise and he might be one of those guys, you might not know his name, but odds are you've played something he's worked on. Solar Jetman, Battletoads, Donkey Kong Country, Diddy Kong Racing, Ukulele, uh, what is that, Snake Pass? The list goes on and on, and it spans over three decades. Most of what he's worked on has been for Rare, or stuff that might as well be a Rare game, but I'm not going to hold that against him. Uh, you've listened to the previous iterations of this well not this podcast but of the podcast i've now retired i you will find that yes i am not a fan of rare games and a friend of a contributor to the site luke maxwell and i both uh, kind of maintain that eh, rares never made a good game above average fine yes i can give them that but good no anyway uh let's go ahead and let's move on uh first track we're gonna nail down here is the intro theme I love the way this one sounds. It's definitely one of my favorites out of everything we've covered today. That echo effect it does 19 seconds in is just choice. A good rhythm and a great use of the Game Boy hardware. Uh, let's go ahead and actually, we are wrapping up here. I, oof, I was hoping I could stretch this out a little bit more, but uh, yeah. Anyway, let's, uh, let's go ahead and we'll move on to the stage two theme.
This one is probably the most intense sounding track we've gotten to this episode, so here's the deal. I love what's going on with this thing, except the blaring high-pitched stuff that happens early on. This track has great percussion and is just catchy as hell. I cannot, for the life of me, understand the decision to throw in these high-pitched notes. They do absolutely nothing to add to the track. I can't imagine Weiss hearing this and thinking, yep, nail that one. I Honestly, I just can't understand what the thinking behind that one was. It almost sounds like a completely different track gets thrown in for those couple of seconds. <sighs> but anyway, uh, that will wrap up this episode of Rocket With Your Card Out. Um, again, I had to pull a little bit of an audible for this one, so we had something to do because we had something we had planned fall through. Um, I think it worked out pretty well, though, as I don't know for sure if this idea would have come to me otherwise. It's amazing what desperation can do for your creativity. So hopefully uh, this is not your first episode of Rock Out With Your Card Out. If it is, our episodes are normally longer than this. Uh, this is not indicative of what the normal episodes are like. This is, uh, we're looking at about a half hour or so for this one. That's normally about what our bonus episodes are like. Now, how do you get our bonus episodes, you might ask? That, you go over to patreon.com slash gamesandjunk. And for $5 a month, you will get access to our bonus episodes. You will get this show in a higher quality audio feed. You will also get a bonus segment on Multimedia Failure, another podcast I do, where with my friends John Lucero and Vanessa Cahill, we review video game movies uh, chronologically from the, you know, basically the beginning of them outside of ones that are a little too, let's say, porny, and uh, then rank them rather arbitrarily against each other. So you will get a bonus segment on that, and I think that about is everything there as far as bonus content goes. Uh, also, if you contribute $5 a month, that will also give you a shout-out. Uh, that will also get you a shout out on the show is what I was trying to say before I stumbled over myself. Uh, so I do want to shout out to John and Vanessa, who are my two co-hosts. So thanks, guys. <laughs> and I also want to shout out to Gustav and Alex Messenger for supporting Rocket With Your Card Out and Multimedia Failure and everything else we do at Games and Junk. Uh, Games and Junk is a website I've been running for a few years now. I occasionally get some written content up there. It's turning out to be like, yeah, once a month I get something written. But, you know, I'm finding I'm writing 1,200 words for each podcast. So yeah, I'm, you know, effectively writing multiple reviews a week for these things, but, you know, that's not that's not your problem. So, <laughs> anyway, uh, there's a couple other tiers you can go check out over at patreon.com slash gamesandjunk and see if anything tickles your fancy. Also, if you just want to kick in a buck or two or whatever, can't afford the $5, I'd appreciate that too. Any little bit helps. Uh, if you can't do that, you can always help us out by like, sharing, subscribing, share us around, let people know that you're listening to Rock Out With Your Card Out, and let everyone know how great this podcast is. Even when it's only like a half hour long and I'm vamping my best to try to keep this thing over a half hour because otherwise, if I cut this any shorter, it's going to not get there. But anyway, um, yeah, so we're on Google Play, Spotify, uh, Apple iTunes, Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, whatever it is these days. I don't know. They, yeah, give it two years, it'll be something else entirely again. Um, Stitcher, we're we basically, if it's on a podcast platform, for the most part, you can find us. And if it's not, and you have a preference of podcast platforms that we're not on, let me know, and I will do my damnedest to get us there. You can follow the show on Twitter at Robico Podcast. That is R-O-W-Y-C-O Podcast. You can follow me personally at Jason Ariola, and you can follow Dominic at Dominic Shred. I'm not going to try to, uh, you know, invoke his tone. I failed miserably at that at the end of the bonus episode that I did recently, so yeah. Anyway, uh, the next bonus episode we're going to be doing is a Walter Murphy's File, which, if you're unfamiliar, is something where we compare one track in a video game to something else, be it another video game or another piece of media that, let's say, may have had some inspiration from it. Uh, anyway, that will wrap up this episode of Rock Out With Your Card Out. Uh, just be prepared in uh, two weeks for the next episode. You are going to get bombarded with four 
rather lengthy podcasts. And don't you worry, I've uh, I have found that um, October 31st is actually going to be our 31st episode as well. So in this little bit of uh, fortuitous timing, we are going to do something kind of spooky. Not really that spooky, but uh, it's a pretty kick-ass soundtrack that, uh, let's say, has mm, spooky vibes at times. I don't really know how to really suss that out to making it Halloween-y, but you know what? It's going to work out in the end because it's still a great soundtrack. So until next time, guys, we appreciate you listening, and we'll talk to you guys in a week. Great! I knew that groove was in your heart.